الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون وقال تعالى في مقام آخر أم حسب الذين في قلوبهم مرض أن لن يخرج الله أدغانهم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يا بني إن قدرت أن تصبح وتمسي وليس في قلبك غش لأحد ففعل فإن ذلك من سنتي ومن أحب سنتي كان معي في الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected ulamai kiram, brothers and elders. Allah Ta'ala created us and obviously for a very great purpose. The purpose Allah Ta'ala Himself describes in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited. Allah Ta'ala says, I have not created insan, human beings and jinn except liya'budun that they may worship me this ibadat is far beyond the concept that we generally take it to be but nevertheless in this ibadat this word liya'budun there is a deeper reference as well where Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas who explains that liya'budun here refers to liya'rifun so that they may recognize me they may gain the ma'rifat and the recognition of Allah Ta'ala if a person wishes to look out and see what's outside then the important thing is that among other things there must be no curtain, no veil that's going to block his vision he wants to look out, or he wants to look at something ahead, but if there's some obstacle in the way, there's something that's going to block his vision, then he will not see anything. This marifat of Allah Ta'ala, this recognition of Allah Ta'ala that we have to be trying to acquire, for which Allah Ta'ala created us, in order to achieve this, in order to gain this marifat and recognition, one of the very important things, among many other things, one of the very important things and fundamental things is that the heart must not be veiled by any curtains of darkness. If the heart is veiled by any curtain of darkness, then even if the person is, mashallah, engaging in much external ibadat, which is also required, that external ibadat is also necessary. Some of it is obviously compulsory. There is no compromise on it, the first salah and other ibadat that are compulsory. And then some is wajib and sunnat mu'akkada, which also is next in category, which has to be fulfilled also. And then after that comes the various nawafil. So the more the person can perform, the better. But if a person, despite 
exerting himself in these external ibadat. MashaAllah, he's performing tahajjud every night. Excellent. Making tilawat of the Quran Sharif the whole day. Very good. He is reciting a lot of tasbihat and zikr, spending time in many other forms of ibadat. This is extremely good. But the marifat and the recognition of Allah Ta'ala has to settle in the heart. And if that heart is veiled with curtains of darknesses, then despite all these ibadats that a person is engaging in, he'll get the reward for that. Allah Ta'ala will <coughs> reward him for it. But he will still be deprived to the extent of the darkness that is veiling his heart, to that extent he'll be deprived of this marifat. So there are many, many darknesses, many veils that cover the heart. Some cover it very severely. Like for example, if this heart is covered in the veil of shirk, one is the complete total form of shirk which is a person ascribing partners with Allah Ta'ala, worshipping na'uzubillah other than Allah Ta'ala, that is the worst level then obviously this person is furthest away from the marifat of Allah Ta'ala. But then there's the lesser degree of shirk, which in the Hadith Sharif has been termed as a shirkul khafi, that silent shirk, which is riya, doing something in order to impress people, something that is supposed to be done exclusively for Allah Ta'ala. person is engaging in some form of ibadat, whether he is now performing salah, is suddenly now improving that salah at that moment because he noticed somebody somehow from the corner of his eye who he wants to impress. So now suddenly that salah took a different form and adopted a better appearance, but the purpose is just merely to get somebody's praise or to impress somebody. The person is giving charity, mashallah, excellent, he's spending in the cause of deen, giving in the path of Allah Ta'ala. But then some element of riya crept in that this will bring me a lot of good praise and words of praise from the mouths of people. So now that element crept in. So this is a very, very serious level of darkness. So now to the extent that this darkness will go and ikhlas will come, to that extent, in that regard, the door of Marifat will open. And like these, all the other veils of darknesses. But in particular, on this occasion, what we wish to discuss is we are on the eve of this very auspicious occasion, the 15th night of Sha'ban. And on this occasion, in the ahadith, Nabi Islam has mentioned many, many virtues of this Mubarak night, inshallah, which we will hear about, but it's very important that we take note of some of these lessons before time. Otherwise, sometimes, by the time we took note of the lesson, the time has passed. So, among the very great virtues that Nabi Islam has mentioned regarding this 15th of Shaban, in one hadith, Nabi Islam mentions that on this night, Allah Ta'ala focuses his special attention and special mercies towards the makhluk and the creation. And then, فَيَغْفِرُ لِجَمِيعِ خَلْقِهِ Allah Ta'ala forgives 
His entire creation accepts certain categories of people. There are various ways in which this is described. The general amnesty and forgiveness that is granted for all that has happened in the past in terms of minor sins. And inshallah a person on such occasions would make toba that is expected of him. His major sins inshallah will get forgiven too. But despite this being such an auspicious occasion, yet there are certain categories of people that are deprived of this forgiveness. Now one is this forgiveness to focus on such a great thing, general forgiveness, and yet some people being deprived. Then the other part of it is to focus on and ponder over that this very great and auspicious occasion comes just at the doorstep of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan itself is such a great month. And just at the doorstep of Ramadan, the occasion of the 15th of Shaban comes. One way of understanding this is that a person is intending to go into some very great place, get to the palace of the king, whatever it is. So first he'll enter through that entrance hall, that gate, which is also just in proportion to that palace that he's going to be entering. That too will also be of one of its kind. It won't be just some ordinary gate which is rusted and it will also be a great gate. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this gate to enter so that we get ready for, from this gate by the time the time comes to walk into that palace, we're ready to get there also. And how we are meant to get there? When a person enters a very great place, he comes clean. He doesn't come dirty. He comes dirty, they don't want to see him there. Carry on. Why are you coming here? What need you have to be here? Just on this note, one incident comes to mind. There was one very senior alim in India and he was invited to some function. He wasn't an alim, but he was a notable person. Very, But he was somebody who used to dress very simply and very, very in such a simple way that nobody would take a second look at him. And if a person didn't know him, he'll take him for granted. This is somebody just walking around idle. So in any case, he was invited. Now this was a very high class function. Because of his standing in the society, he was invited also. So in any case, he came. But there were a lot of protocols there in terms of everybody who came had to be scrutinized first. Did this person get the invitation at the doorway? All this was happening. So when he came, the people that were the doorway, they merely just took one look at his appearance in terms of his simple clothing. Everybody else is there dressed in a certain way. This person came in his very simple clothing. And as soon as they took one look at him, they chased him away. They thought it's some beggar trying to now gate crash here. So they, without asking any question, without even checking what's the reality here, who is this person, they just very, very rudely and abruptly chased him away. So he went away. After a while, he came back. But now when he came back, he had gone and somehow borrowed some clothes or whatever the case is. He also dressed up like the rest of the crowd that was there. So as he started still arriving, from a distance he was already being welcomed. So in any case he was welcomed, he was brought in. Finally the time came now to eat. 
So now everybody was seated to eat. So as now everybody started eating, first he took his sleeve and started putting it into the curry or whatever was there, and he's saying, eat, you eat. Everybody around is shocked. What is going on here? Is this person insane? Is he mad? What is he up to? And people are familiar with him because those sitting around, they knew who he was. So now they don't have the courage to say anything because of his position. At the same time, they're shocked at what he's doing. Then he takes another part of his clothes and he's dipping that into the gravy also. You also eat. So the host was very embarrassed. He came running. He says, please, what are you doing? You're putting me in great embarrassment. So he says, no, no. Actually, I'm, I'm doing what is meant to be done because it's the clothes that we invited. I'm the same person who came earlier. The same person I came earlier, but I was dressed differently. So I was chased away. Now I came dressed in this manner. So I was welcomed. So actually, it's the clothes that we invited. So the clothes should eat. Why should I eat? So in this way, he gave a very deep lesson to everyone that this is how we have become. We judge people, the worth of people by what they wear. We have become like that. We think we have value because of what we wear. And we judge others like that. And what is the reality, what is the inside, that is something we pay no attention to. In any case, this was just something that came to mind. The point that we were discussing is that what is required is when a person goes to some very honorable place, anywhere for that matter, but the greater the place is, the more important it is that he comes very clean, presentable. Now Allah Ta'ala has brought about this great occasion of the month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala wants us to come clean. And the real cleanliness and the main cleanliness, while the external cleanliness is also important, the real cleanliness is the cleanliness within, the cleanliness of the heart. And that is where this marifat has to settle. So now in order to bring us to this note and to make us conscious of this cleanliness of the inside, among the people that are deprived of the forgiveness of this night, in this hadith Nabi Islam says, numerous people are forgiven. Illa li mushrikin aw mushahin. Or the one who harbors malice in his heart. He is deprived. On the one hand, we bearing in mind that our purpose is to gain the marifat and recognition of Allah Ta'ala. And to the extent that this heart is covered in, covered in veils of darknesses, to that extent this marifat will be far away from us. And among the very, very big veils of darkness is this veil of malice. And in order to bring this to our attention, to make us conscious of it, to make us concerned about cleansing the heart, right at the doorstep of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala gives us this occasion and to put the highlights in place that no banda and no servant of Allah Ta'ala after having heard this from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or having been heard it from the transmission that came down the ages, that he is going to still take this for granted and say, it doesn't matter if my heart is filled with malice, I don't mind getting deprived. Any person who hears it, he will be all ears and he will make sure that he has heard correctly and now he's going to practice on it and now clean his heart out. Allah Ta'ala gives us this occasion to bring these things alive within us. That we clean our hearts. We become ready for the month of Ramadan. And like a person wanting to pour some pure milk in a container, first thing he looks, or anything in a glass, first thing he does, he looks inside. 
Why? There must be any dirt in it. After having rinsed it out, if there was anything, now he'll start pouring whatever he wants to pour. The person who sees the dirt and still pours something, then something is not right with him. Allah Ta'ala also wants to pour that marifat in this heart. Allah Ta'ala is saying, clean it out. Clean it out of all these darknesses. And one of the major darknesses is this malice. Now this is just one word for us. Malice. What does this malice really, what difference it makes? Whereas it makes such a difference that a person gets deprived of the mercy of this night. This malice stems from anger. When a person is angered over something, one is now he'll vent that anger. And if he can't vent it, or he vented it but didn't feel that he did enough, then now this gives rise to that negativity within. And if he now lets this breed within him, then this will start pushing him towards taking revenge. And if he himself he cannot take revenge, that revenge will be in any form. That revenge, either it will be physically if he can, that he'll do that. If he can't do it physically, he'll do it verbally. He'll say something to the person. He can't say it to him, he'll say it behind his back, he'll make ribad. And if he doesn't get these opportunities, he'll wait for the time to take revenge against him. Now he's waiting for some calamity to befall him. As soon as he hears something went wrong for him, he is very happy about it. And if nothing seems to be going wrong, or some further good is coming to him, then this is the seed of hasad. This malice is the seed of jealousy. Anger, the seed of malice. And malice, the seed of jealousy. Now these are major issues, these are among the kabair, the major sins in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited. Allah Ta'ala says, أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ أَلَّيْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ أَضْغَانَهُمْ That those whose hearts are diseased, we talk about diseased heart, if a person externally he is looking very healthy and fit, he is looking very well, but if there is a problem with his heart, he's got a some blockage, some arteries are clogged, whatever the case is, no matter how well he might look outwardly, but he will be very sick. When the time comes now to do something, he is unable to do it. He has to start walking, he can't walk. If he can walk, he can't walk fast enough. He's been chased by some dog suddenly, it's too much, he cannot run. He needs to do something that will be exerting himself, it's too much for him. Why? Because the real thing that is in, that's diseased, that is, that is in problems. So the whole external self will be affected by it. Likewise, spiritually, if that heart is diseased, then it is impossible that that disease will not affect the external self. The internal self is already diseased, the external self too will get affected. If the heart is diseased, in the sense that it's diseased with ghaflat, with heedlessness, with lack of concern and not being mindful of Allah Ta'ala, now the eyes will get affected. He'll look at haram and think nothing about it. Look at the worst filth, and that too sitting in front of his wife, and 
He'll say, what do you want to do about it? Because the heart is diseased, so now the tongue will also be like that. All kinds of vulgarity will come from the tongue. Because the heart, that's the king. That's the pot. The spoon now will dish out what's in the pot. So now there's vulgarity in the heart because the heart is diseased. That heart is in ghaflat. So what else is this tongue going to speak then? This tongue is going to speak vulgarity. If that heart is diseased with hasad and jealousy, so now the hands are going to try to do something to the person. If not, then the tongue will speak against him. And whatever way he can, all these external limbs are getting affected because of the disease of the heart. Allah Ta'ala is saying that أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَدْ Those whose hearts are diseased, meaning the spiritual disease, do they think that we will not bring forth all these malices and these, this dirt of the heart, won't bring it out and expose it and take them to task for it? This will happen unless the person cleansed it, unless he removed all the dirt, unless he washed it out. Otherwise on the day of Qiyamah this will all come out. And sometimes it comes out in dunya also. So this is something which is a very, very fundamental thing to clean the heart out of this disease of, among all the other things, this disease of malice. The heart completely clean. Allah Ta'ala loves this clean heart. Allah Ta'ala loves those who do not harbor any malice, any jealousy. One, one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu was sitting with the Sahaba Ikram, and suddenly he says to them that a person of Jannah will pass just now. Just now a person of Jannah will come around. Now, somebody who is going to be walking on this earth still and he's already been given the glad tiding of Jannah from Rasulullah this was a guaranteed thing. So the Sahaba were very eager who is going to be this person. Suddenly one person walks past and he had just performed wudu the water of the wuzu was still dripping from his beard and he had his shoes in his left hand and he was perhaps coming to sit down in the masjid. So meaning, very simple person, nothing, can't make out anything about him. In any case, he came, he sat down, nobody said anything. The second day, the same thing happens. The beast Lawson suddenly says to the sahaba, just now a person of Jannah will come in. Short while later, the same person walks in. The third day the same thing happens. Now the thing, there are many, many occasions, or rather several occasions, when Nabi Wasallam made this kind of declaration. But you will find generally that this kind of declaration has been made for something internal. Which you will understand just now. Otherwise, all the other amal are very great. Somebody who is very regular with his tahajjud, mashallah, excellent. Somebody recites Quran Sharif the whole day, excellent. But these kind of declarations have been made on these kind of situations. So in any case, Nabi Salaam, three days in a row, makes this announcement, person of Jannah will come, the same person walks in. So after three days, this had happened consecutively, Abdullah ibn Amr, he after, when this person wakes up to leave, he comes along and walks alongside. He says to him, you know what, I've got some issue with my father, I need to just stay somewhere for three days, You'll allow me to come and be with you for three days? Welcome. They had no formalities in that time. Out of the blue, somebody comes and says, can I come and stay with you for three days? 
in the two by two house of theirs, they had enough place for him. So any case, he said, by all means, come along. So now it was one room where they are going to have to spend the night together. So now he sees the whole night, his timing, what's going on. This person is walking on the earth, he's been given the certificate of Jannat. There must be something very special about him. What was the special thing he was looking for? He was looking now the fars, everybody was performing the fars, obviously. This was something, there wasn't any, any thought that could cross anybody's mind in that time, that somebody will miss his fars salah, except a person who is a munafiq. So what he was looking for, something special, this person must be making ibadat the whole night. That's why he came to stay with him inside his house. This is what must be doing inside. And he sees he went to sleep after Isha. I didn't see him doing anything. Yes, now and then when he turned from side to side, he made some zikr of Allah Ta'ala, he said some takbir. He sees he slept right up to the time Fajr came in. When the time of Fajr came in, he woke up and he prepared himself for Fajr and went. Says, okay, maybe tonight this might have been something out of the ordinary for him. The second night, the second night the same thing happened. The third night, the third night the same thing happened. He says, I finally in my heart, this thought came that this person is really, he is not really doing anything. And I'm surprised what has, what has brought him this. So in any case, the third night passed in the same manner. Then that after the third night, he says to him that, look, I'm going. I'm going, but the reason for me coming and spending these three nights here was that Rasulullah made this declaration. First day, second day, third day, each time you came. So I realized there's something special about you. I came to see what is special. But I saw nothing special. Three days I'm spending with you. Three nights I'm spending with you. But I saw nothing special about you. So, but you nevertheless still got that certificate. So what took you to that position? So this person, he says, Ma huwa illa ma ra'it. But whatever you saw, that is it. I got nothing else to present to you or to tell you about. What you saw, that is it. So he says, fine, well, if that's all it is. So he turned around to leave. As he is leaving, this person then calls him. He says to him, look, what you saw, that is it. Yes, there's one more thing. That غَيْرَ أَنِّي لَا أَجِدُ فِي نَفْسِي لِأَحَدٍ غِشًّا وَلَا أَحْسُدُهُ عَلَى مَا أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ مِنْ خَيْرٍ That, yes, there's one more thing. That I don't have any malice in my heart for anybody. And I have no jealousy for anybody over the good Allah that has blessed him with. So the Sahabi has Abdullah bin Amr he then responds and says, but this is what gave you that certificate of Jannat. The cleanliness of your heart. Now it doesn't mean that a person keeps his heart very clean in terms of having no malice, but he is not performing his salah, he is engaging in some other haram, these things, we have to understand it in the context of the time it was said. That that was a time when it was not conceivable that a person would deliberately miss his salah. It was not conceivable that a person would medit- premeditate haram. These things are not conceivable. In that context, this was the add-on. That together with that, the cleanliness of the heart brought about the certificate of Jannat. And after all, Rasulullah himself Addressed Anas with such love and muhabbat. He said to him, Ya Bunayya, O my beloved son. Can you imagine what compassion? 
Oh my beloved son, keep your heart clean of malice. This is the sum total of what he said. In qadartan tusbiha wa tumsiya wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin fafal. Keep your heart clean of malice for anyone. Why? Because for inna dalika min sunnati. That is my way. And man ahabba sunnati kana ma'i fil jannah. The one who loves my way will be with me in jannah. Keeping the heart clean of malice and being linked directly to being in jannah, not just being in jannah, being in jannah with Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Kana ma'i fil jannah. So this is the very important thing that in this Mubarak time that is now approaching and these Mubarak days of Ramadan that are coming, yes indeed, we will have to try and maximize the time, do as much ibadat as we can, perform nafil salah, make a lot of tilawat of the Quran Sharif, try and make as much tilawat, as many khatams as we can and try to wake up for tahajjud every night and all the other amal that we can do. But often, we forget about the inside. And that is even more important. Because these external ibadat, much of it is nafil. Much of it is nafil. But cleaning the heart out of these diseases is farz. To eat during the day in Ramadan is haram. During the time of the fast, because a person breaking his fast, at that time to eat is haram. So a person refrains from it. But whether it's the day of Ramadan or the night of Ramadan, to have malice in the heart is also haram. To have hasad and jealousy in the heart is also haram. And Allah Ta'ala wants this heart to remain clean. And therefore there's so much of virtues for those things that help to keep this heart clean and prevent and helps to prevent those things that cause this heart to become diseased. Just to understand what this, what we are referring to, for example, supposing there is a problem between two people, some dispute, some argument, some fight, between family members sometimes things happen, between people in businesses, wherever this, these kind of things. Now, something has happened, so that argument or that dispute or whatever happened, it happened for a few minutes sometimes, sometimes it happened something went beyond that, then each one is going to go his way for a while. It's not going to be that they're going to 24 hours be standing in front of each other there. He'll go his house and he'll go to his house. He'll go to his business and he'll go to his business. He'll do his work and the other person will do his own work. This person might be living in one end of the world, that person might be living in another end of the world. But does that really mean that when they separate from that point where they were disputing, then that dispute also finishes off there. No, that dispute lingers. Now this person is sitting and eating, but while he's eating also, that dispute is running in his mind. And he's still disputing in his mind of how, what next step? How I'm going to get my own back? How I'm going to sort this person out? Forget eating, he's now saying, Allahu Akbar. But while he's saying Allahu Akbar, even at that time too, this is still in his heart and mind. And then when he's in sajda and he's saying Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, but at that time too he's saying, how I'm going to get the upper hand? In his heart, that is now the thing in his mind and heart. That dispute didn't finish off there. Now obviously sometimes, that dispute, and most of the time, 
One party at fault, the other party is the victim. One person is a zalim, the other is the mazloom. But the point is that that dispute, the angle that we are talking about is that it has now caused havoc for both people. And then, sometimes, from that two people, it doesn't finish off there. Now it becomes two parties. And then sometimes it becomes two communities. And Allah forbid where not it gets to. So these are things now that start destroying that peace. And, Allah, and when that peace gets destroyed, the first thing that gets affected is the heart. And the door of the heart gets thrown wide open for these diseases to creep in. Now for Hebrew to start, it doesn't even require a match. One is now at the, you know, just in the strike of a match, something is all, it's a, outside a filling station, so things are very flammable, so they say, don't light any match here, because it's very dangerous. So now, but you still need to light a match for anything dangerous to happen. But when these kind of things happen, you don't even need the match. Then for ghibat to start, it requires no effort. For malice to creep in, that is already there. For jealousy to breed, that's, there's nothing about it, it just comes. So Allah Ta'ala wants that our hearts remain clean. For the hearts to remain clean, what is going to be necessary that there's peace. In that household there's peace. In that extended family there's peace. In that business there's peace. In that community there's peace. In that masjid there's peace. So now, insan is insan, somebody will slip up somewhere, and when somebody slips up, this threatens the peace. So then there will be somebody else who will sometimes be ready with the, when somebody has threatened the peace, already made everything very volatile, made it very, very flammable, then there are sometimes people also standing on the side, waiting with, not only matches, also petrol. And, but somebody must just, something must happen. Says, you see, from long time I told you, you can't allow people to just walk over you like this all the time, treating you like a doormat. Now it's time that you became something else also. You showed them what your true colors are. Now these are all the colors of shaitan speaking now. And then there are others, Allah Ta'ala gives them tawfiq. They are standing there as the fire extinguishers. And what is the virtue of such people? Nabi Salaam once addresses the Sahaba and says to them, Allah ukhbirukum. Allah ukhbirukum. This was a very common manner in which Nabi Salaam addressed the Sahaba. Should I not tell you? Should I not inform you about this? So that it brings that enthusiasm to hear. Allah ukhbirukum bi afdala min darajati salati was siyami was sadaqa. Something greater than all the nafil salah a person can perform. Whole life of tahajjud, whole night. Something greater than that. All the nafil fast that a person can keep the whole year round, besides month of Ramadan, is already first obviously, and the five fasts which are not permissible to keep in the year. The rest of the year he is fasting also. Greater than that. And all the sadaqah and charity that a person can give, how much can he give? One billion? Can any one of us, or all of us put together give one billion? Maybe somebody might be able to give one billion, so ten billion? Hundred billion? Okay, we'll just say pounds. 
Nabi Islam is saying greater than that. Greater than all that. Greater than all and greater than all these three things combined. Who gets that? The peacemakers. The Sahaba says, please do tell us. Nabi Islam said that Islahu Zatil Bain. Those who make peace between people, they take the effort, they go and pacify, they go and console one person this side, console the other person that side. And these are such noble people who go and do this, that Nabi Islam is saying that this effort of theirs to patch up things, to extinguish, to join, Allah Ta'ala loves it so much, that while this person performed tahajjud the whole night, and that person, mashallah, very good, this person probably didn't have that opportunity to do a fraction of that nafil that they made. But he gets a greater reward than all the amal. He gets a greater reward than all these three great things combined. Why? Because this keeps the hearts clean. This is the end result of it. That he will patch things up. He will bring about that peace again. And when that peace comes and this malice will go, this jealousy will go, so now the hearts will be clean. This whole thing comes back to the cleanliness of the heart. That this person facilitated that which brought about again the cleanliness of the heart. So this is such a great thing. And on these occasions, this is what is being highlighted. This is what is being highlighted, that the heart be remain clean from all these veils of darknesses. And this heart remains clean from all these evils and sins, so that it can now gain the marifat and the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. And this Mubarak month of Ramadan is coming. Allah Ta'ala wants us to come clean for this Mubarak month. So inshallah this is something that we should start looking within ourselves and cleaning this heart out completely. One is, inshallah we'll just finish off on this. One is we are all human. It's part of human nature that if somebody has done something to hurt a person, he's going to get hurt. If a person is hurt physically, he'll get hurt physically. Somebody slapped him, he's going to feel the pain. And more painful than that is emotional pain. Physical pain sometimes can be very serious also. But very often the greater pain is emotional pain. He is human. If somebody said something hurtful to him, he's going to feel the pain. But this is where the whole... He can still keep his heart. Now the thing that comes to mind is that how is this going to be possible? On the one hand, I'm still feeling hurt. And then I'm still supposed to keep my heart clean. How is it going to be possible? These two, two things can't join up. Whereas there is no contradiction between the two. Feeling that hurt is human. But this is where Allah Ta'ala has given us such great rewards for sabr for. That yes, you are feeling this pain, but then you are getting the reward of sabr also. And then the cleanliness of the heart, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Hazrat Hamza radiallahu ta'ala was his very beloved uncle, who had been very help, helpful to him, used to protect him and take care of him also while in Makkah Mukarramah. Then after Hijrat, he was martyred in the battle of Uhud, but in a very, very brutal manner. The person who was responsible for his martyrdom was Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala. At that time he was still not in Islam, not a Muslim yet. In any case, later on, he came into deen, he accepted iman. And that also is a long story about how he came, one ayat after the other is being revealed, Nabi Islam is telling him, no, you come, there's space for you also here. Nabi Islam was very grieved upon the brutal, Hamza radiallahu ta'ala 
his stomach was slit open, his liver was removed, his ears were cut off, his nose was cut off. Nabi Islam, when he saw his corpse, he was shaken because this was a very gruesome way in which he was martyred. And as a result, that pain was very deep. That human emotion, that was human na- nature. But despite that, Nabi Islam's heart is still so filled with well-wishing for the that on the one hand, he's inviting him to Iman. Finally, when he comes in, Nabi Islam says to him, Hal an anni wajhak? That, Can you please stay out of my direct gaze? Why? That this is, one is the human emotion. When I'm going to see you, is going to revive memories. I will feel hurt. Nabi Islam feeling hurt due to an ummati that is very, very dangerous for the ummati. So to protect him from any deprivation, he must not get deprived. So he will stay out of the direct gaze, he will also benefit fully. This was out of well-wishing for him. Otherwise, Nabi Islam was a mountain of sabr. This was not something to help himself. It was to help Hazrat Wahshi Now this, on the one hand, that human emotion is there. That it might just happen involuntarily at that moment, the emotion might get stirred. And if the emotion gets stirred, he mustn't get deprived. But to protect him, so that emotion is still there, there's that still human nature. But the heart is still so filled with well-wishing for him. So there's no contradiction in the two. Both these things are at the same time happening. Now this is what is all, it's not that a person has to now defy his human nature, that now if he feels some hurt, there's something wrong with him. He's human. But despite that hurt, this is what being taught, keep the heart clean still. That hurt is something we can't help, but keep the heart clean. And the reward is with Allah Ta'ala. The reward is with Allah Ta'ala not only in the akhirat, even in dunya. The barakat and blessings that come, that is something comes in the hidden system of Allah Ta'ala. There's no way that words can explain it. So this is the lesson that we're going to take from these Mubarak occasions, among the many other things. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we cleanse our hearts out of all these diseases of the heart, remove all these veils of darknesses, and together with that, we exert ourselves in as much ibadat as we can, the Mubarak nights that are coming, and may Allah Ta'ala keep us till the Mubarak month of Ramadan, enable us to earn the maximum from that month as well. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alam.